0: verse number 4 and saying where is the promise of his coming we're in second peter chapter 3 verse 4 for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation for this they willingly so important, willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that within was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years a thousand years is one day the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us word not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance we'll stop right there let's pray together. heavenly father in the next few moments I pray you you guide and direct my thoughts and words forgive me of sin empty me of self and please fill me with your spirit may I say nothing amiss may your word be preeminent be preeminent Prominent, be it those teaching downstairs. Be it our time together in Jesus' name. I pray, Amen. So, what is a scoffer? A scoffer. If I were to say to Jeremy, this well, Jeremy today, sorry, Jeremy, picking on day. If I were to say, Jeremy, you know what? Uh, I am the best marksman in all of Kentucky, and he would, <laughs> yeah, uh, you a marksman, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, and be doubt, and he should, he should really doubt about that, because like, you know, or if I were to say, uh, scoffing is. Incredulity, it's, it's well, the, the, it's, speak about something in a scornfully derisive or m- mocking way. An example in the dictionary was, you, a scientist, right, he scoffed. and that's, So a scornful derision, it's, it's like, well, you Christians, you pastors have been preaching in your pulpits for 2,000 years that Christ is coming back, he has not yet. So I have chosen to live high, wide and they don't say these words. I have chosen to live high, wide, and handsome and do what I want to do in this life because I just don't really believe it's true. Because if I believe it's true, then I'm going to be accountable to the Savior who's returning. And I just don't really want to be accountable. I want to do what I want to do. It's the it's the me generations. Go fund me. GoFundMe generation. So if you want to put something out there, somebody might actually give to that. I don't know. I know a lot of people, the millions of dollars, and, and a lot of them are good causes. I'm not trying to, to say that, but they're have well, been good causes. But this is our generation. We have We're experiencing now the World Economic Forum as they move through the world. We have the New World Order terminology. We have the Great Economic Reset. I'm telling you, Satan is going to try and will do his best to the Antichrist to have a world change and a new forum and a world, but I tell you, the new world order happens when Jesus comes back to rule and to reign. That will be a new world order. That's the ultimate new world order. I like what C.S. Lewis said, no clever arrangement of bad eggs will ever make a good omelet. So we can't take mankind and make something eternally of value to it because mankind is pretty much, I want, to say it, I want to surprise you now, we're selfish. And so we want to do what we want to do. We want to have it our way. I mean, McDonald's made a, a slogan, have it your way. By the way, you should pray for Mr. Parsley. You don't even know Al Parsley, but he has been, he's in hospice now. But he and one other man developed and created the Big Mac sandwich. He lives over in Willsburg, a friend of many of us. And so uh, he's, on, he's in hospice now. Be praying for him. But we we have oh, we have so much to be grateful for. But these this it's like you could rearrange the chairs on the Titanic, but I'm telling you, it's going down. It's going down. And we put we put like a little a bandage on our woes, and we try to treat the symptoms instead of the root cause called S-I-N. You wonder why we're so off the wall now, because we have let S-I-N take over, and, it, and, and the symptoms are, well, you have to look in the newspaper for one day, and you will find out. There's going to become a mil- big meltdown, as you well know, in the second, we'll read it just at the very end about that, in the second, Peter chapter, well, about verse 10 there. So many laugh. So the title is, Scoffing at Christ's Return, Scoffing at Christ's Return. First of all, if you, the outline, by the way, is kind of big on the back, so I'll try to give the outline to you. First of all, number one, Peter reminds us about the warning of God in the past. Back of your bulletin. The warning of God in the past. Chapter one, 3, verse 1. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you two things there. First of all, we find this second epistle. Well, where's the first one? Well, if your Bible literate and know, the first one's right above it. Though so the first epistle comes and then comes the second one. We all know that, Pastor. Beloved, did you know though, however, that beloved is only used for Christians, for his children? He doesn't call the there's not the beloved are those who know Christ as personal savior. He wants to stir up our remembrance. He doesn't want you to sit, sulk, sour in your seat. He wants you to be involved. I see people post uh, on Facebook every once in a while, but once a day I get on there probably, and they'll say, they'll say uh, something like, uh, uh, the church is a family. And it is a family. That's why we ask you to get involved because you can, you can be on the outside and, and not, but it's, it's when you get involved, then your gifts can be used. You see that? You can sit on the outside. I can go to a Cincinnati Bengals game and and sit on the outside and say, you know, I'm playing along with those players and I'm a big Bengals fan. But until I get in there into that game and the very first play get my block knocked off and I get a concussion, I won't actually have been in the game and I can't share my uh, absolutely no talents with them the same as the church that's why he's given you things to use that's where this is where you use your gifts it's here so if you're not here and you're not involved in things you're not using the gifts that god has given you to use that's that's, that's what that's why we call I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. So I would encourage you. I'm not here. I'm not trying to admonish you. I'm trying to encourage you. Do things for Him. You spent. I told my wife this morning. Not trying to boohoo again. I said I'm so glad I backed off from being such a sports fan. Now, do you know what a fan is? And I'm not not trying to boohoo it because I like sports too. Do you know what a fan is? You're a fanatic. And I found that since I don't follow everything's. I have more time to read my Bible. Things like that. And what is it in eternity? If, if, if the Reds would even win the World Series again. I don't know if it was 75, the last time they won. I can't remember. I actually knew that I could name the players back then. 75, yes, I'm that young. So there we are. If they even win, what's that going to matter for eternity? It's what we do for Christ. That's what lasts. So, Peter reminds us of the warning of God in the past. Got 18 pages of notes. I'm thing down to my 33-minute window. Now, why do we remind people? I thought these are good ideas. Why do we repeat? Number one, God commands pastors to do this. We are to do that. One one time alone, we can hardly remember things. Secondly, it takes several times before you really grasp the truth. Thirdly, God will have a preacher repeat himself because he wants you not only to grasp the truth, but now to share the truth. That's what we want. You not only to know what the Bible says, but when someone asks you, you can say, well, the Bible says, well, let me show you this. That's the purpose of repetition. Third, fourthly, we need to be able to repeat the truth because it's a measuring stick for our own lives. Oh, Pastor, I've heard this so many... You can't, now you can't really tell me about Second Peter. You've heard that a lot. But I've heard this so many times. It's, I just might as well... Why don't you sit down and let me preach it? Because I've heard it so many times. And you can, there's nothing in here for me. I'm telling you, if, if that's... You got you just you don't have the excitement of God's word. If, you, if you've read John's, I've read John 16, 16 pastor, and I have got it memorized, so I, I'm beyond that now. Oh no, you're not. That's a marvelous verse. For God so agape, first time I, for agape me. A self-sacrifice. And did you read the devotional yesterday in the, in the one from New England up there? That that was a great thing on love. A husband and wife where he lost his wife. Anybody read that? George did. Thank you. Because she passed away on my birthday in 2000. I just, oh, wow, July 20th. So I thought, wow, that's, I read it. But it was excellent. I'm going to read it with my wife here this week. We we have to, we have to measure ourselves by the this is our measuring sticks and fifthly when if a church is doing its job there's going to be people who for the very first time hear the gospel or hear the Gratian account from Second Peter and how he's so clear about the flood the deluge the the people are willingly ignorant the scoffers that perhaps this will be the first time you've heard this and so Pat, why is Pastor going over that again because you've likely forgotten it. Perhaps. Or this is the first time. Or God will take the Holy Spirit God, the Holy Spirit will take it and move in your heart and life. The second epistle epistle, not pickle, the second epistle, beloved, I write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. So, number one, remember the warning that God gave by his prophets. Under there, number one, remember the warning God gave by his prophets in verse two, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. Prophet was a Fourth teller, or a foreteller. Often they were a fourth teller, a preacher of righteousness. They didn't always give just, uh, just future prophetic things. I remember one prophet in Second Samuel chapter 12, comes into the throne room of a very, very, very well-known king. And he looks about verse seven and says to David, "Thou art the man." That wasn't a future prediction. That was a nailing him to the wall. And David had the right response, didn't he? He repented. See, if you're a child of God, I believe, eventually repent. If you have no need or you never repent, you need to be saved. If you're truly a child of God, First John, read it for yourself. I would encourage you, read, it, read the whole thing for yourself first. It's clear, if you're truly a child of God, when sin comes in, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I have to confess, I was frustrated Friday evening. to tried to get our car licensed since October of 20, we bought October 28th of last year. And so it, I had so many hoops to jump through, and I thought I had my hoops in a row. Come to find out Friday afternoon, it was no fault of the person, she was very kind about it, but you, you need to have this form also. I, I said, did they the, 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 the give you this. The, 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 give me the paperwork? I pulled out every single paperwork they gave me. It's just not here. I, ma'am, I, I, I've been trying since I had this car. There's a form you've got to have. And she was very nice. It's got to be notarized by the person you brought the car from or you're paying tax for the entire car with no trade-in value. I said, about how much would that be? <laughs> Over $600. I'll be back. So, there we are now, I have to admit the sheriff's office the sheriff's office got me in and out in five minutes It got my car. That was great. Woohoo got my car uh, uh, inspected i've got that far. I did that accomplished on Friday. but I tell you that you know how I preached last week, I think it was that ninety nine percent of your anger is not righteous indignation. it was for me didn 't know it yet, but it 's for me. so there we are. My wife says. Don't let that ruin your whole evening, please. Don't let that ruin your whole evening, please. I'm not sure I was successful on that. But the, the, the prophets, the prophets were warning the words spoken by the prophets. Now, the Old Testament prophets saw Jesus as two things, a suffering servant and a victorious Savior. Jesus is going at Mount Moriah. Now, do you know what other things happened at Mount Moriah? The temple, Isaac and Abraham, possibly Goliath's head, was buried. Mount Moriah, most importantly, our Savior was crucified, right? Yes. So we have Mount Moriah, we have the Mount of Olives on this side, and there's a ravine between. And the Old Testament prophets did not see where you're sitting right now. How could they see? Greenup County, Kentucky. And they did not see the church age. So the Old Testament prophets saw the Messiah come, and they saw Him come back to rule and to reign, but they did not see the Old Testament prophets, the church age. So you wonder why you don't see a lot of talk about the church, because they did not see it in the Old Testament time. But they still declared God's Word. You want a suffering Messiah, Isaiah 53. should break our hearts when we read Isaiah 53, all that Jesus went through for us. And so Zechariah said, but there were those who mocked. There were those who mocked in Old Testament times. So remember what God gave by his prophets and secondly still in number 1 is remember the warning God God gave by his son. Chapter 3, verse 2 of Second Peter. And of the commandment of us the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So the holy prophets taught this, but so did Jesus. And twenty four, twenty four, the Olivet Discourse: For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should would deceive or shall deceive the very elect. He's talking about specifically in that time, the, the tribulation period. There's going to come those who arise, and I just watched a video this week about the five most popular people in our last few decades who have pretended or said they were Jesus. I watched a guy from Australia saying his very words, "Yes, the first thing I remember is the nails piercing in my hands." How blasphemous. And he's left his wife to marry another very pretty woman who's now the incarnation of Mary Magdalene. How quaint is that? <laughs> and his disciples, people who are following, say, oh, I remember when this happened. Th-. Please, please don't be looted by it. But there's, there's countless millions upon, who have no understanding of what the Bible really says. And you wonder why they fall prey to that. There's a guy, some young moon in our lifetime, you remember him, the moonies? Claim to be Jesus' comeback. And different ones, there's, there's been a countless number, even alive today, there are those across the, who, who, and a lot of times, interesting, eventually they get called for fraud or other kind of indecent things, almost all of them. And the guy who said that he remembers being Jesus, his parents had turned him in for psychological evaluation, tried to get him to a psych hospital earlier on in his life. But no, now he's Jesus reincarnated. By the way, reincarnation is not biblical. Incarnation of Christ is. Reincarnation is not what the Bible teaches. So the warning about Jesus himself, beware of that. John said in, verse, in 2 John chapter, chapter 1, verse 7, for many deceivers in second John 7 are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist, and it will come to a head when the singular antichrist tries to rule and reign during the tribulation period. God's prophetic schedule. Satan will even, I believe, control him and dwell in the last part. As Satan tries to get as many people as possible to go to hell, or Christians to lose their testimony. Been quite successful, by the way, in doing both of those things we find Peter says there could be false prophets, Old Testament time, yes there were, there were the false prophets of Baal, 450, there were the 400 prophets of Ashtra. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18, there were false prophets in Old Testament time, so there are false prophets today who do not want anything really, but the glory and the money that comes with it, and they have this scheme, I listened to a pastor who used to be a part of, of the falling scheme, and uh, uh, of the one movement where they put their hands on he said, I can tell you exactly how it happens, they put their head back, and the, and, and the guy comes along and they lock their feet and they put their foot behind the guys getting ready to fall and they catch him as they fall back and one guy was suing the church because they didn't catch him and he fell back and he's got all kinds of physical problems and he's suing the church because the catcher didn't catch him this pastor was one of the catchers and he was sometimes one of the hitters and he said it's an elaborate thing and you've got to promise that you'll never tell the secrets of this if we sign you on for this when the Holy Spirit comes, He changes our lives inside out. He may choose to heal you. He may not choose to heal you. But when you receive Christ as Savior, you got all the Spirit you're ever going to get. The question is not how much of the Spirit do you have. It's how much does the Spirit have of you? You're to be filled with the Spirit, not just indwelt by it, but controlled by I can tell I can tell you what. I could go to your closest friends right now and ask them, do you think so-and-so is filled with the Spirit? Well, pastor uh, about or would they say, you know what? He's the godliest man I know, or he walks with God. He's not perfect, but every Sunday morning, I'm tell you, like clockwork, he gets out of there if he gets out late, he doesn't get the way to the people who drive by him on the way to church, but he gets out he gets out the door and they what the, do they say about us? <laughs> so number one. Peter reminds us about the warning of God in the past. Secondly, per- the pers- also secondly, the persistence is your first. word, the persistence of mockers in the present? Peter reminds us about the persistence of mockers in the present. Second Peter chapter three, all the way up to verse three already. Second Peter three three. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days. By the way, last days started when Christ left the earth. scoffers, mockers, walking after their own lusts. So here they are. They're persistent mockers in the present. Do we have scoffers today? Are there those who scoff at Christianity? My goodness, they abound. They are everywhere at once, it seems. So important. The last, scoffers will come, and they're, what are they doing? They're walking after their own lusts. 50 years ago in America, the people would, I was talking to Cheryl's mom this week about how in, her mother gave birth to children. Now, Mrs. Sluter turned 93 on Friday, born in New Boston, Ohio, 1931. So when her mother gave birth, she gave birth at home, never went to the hospital one time. And, after, and then Mrs. Sluder came on and then when her brothers and sisters were born, she said, I had to take so-and-so by the hand, and I walked us down the street to our uncle's, to our uncle's house, and we stayed with them while mom gave birth to so-and-so spiritually speaking, 50 years ago, you could talk to people about Christ, and they may not be a Christian, but they at least gave you a hearing. And they believe, well, the Bible, I don't believe it for us, I believe the Bible is true for the most part. Today, it is not. We've graciously trained all our children to ignore the Bible and believe in what is called evolution, which is so untrue. Joshua hits a home run with this one. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your Amorites, their fathers served, which are on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, yes. Can that be said of you? We will serve the Lord. I mean, when it gets hard in America, when you lose our tax exemption for giving tithes to the church, are you still giving? we will serve the Lord. You have to decide. It's getting, it's, getting, it's getting one side or the other. But there are mockers and there are scoffers. Don't be surprised by this. It happens, and I'll tell you that he's very clear. They mocked in Noah's day. The citizens mocked in Sodom's day. But I'm telling you, the fire still fell and the flood still came. And those who trusted the Lord, in Noah's case, were saved via the ark. Now, Lot was dragged out of Sodom pretty much. So that's the difference between someone who's following God, walking with God, and someone who's getting saved by the skin of their teeth. I I trust you don't like skin under your teeth. And that you are walking with him now. And when they get to heaven, why should I let you in heaven? First of all, I trusted Christ for the forgiveness of my sin. A Savior, yes, will come right on in. The blood of Christ cleanses me from all sin. And when the fire of the works, there's something left. When the bonfire comes of our works in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, whoosh, well, there's a little silver and gold down here. And we give him a crown for faithfulness, and we put, cast our crowns at his feet. For what he has done for us, the rewards of a life living living for lived for God. Yeah. So Peter instructs us about the persistence of the mockers. We see number one, their mocking is based on lustful desires. Verse three, knowing that, and uh, they're walking after their own lust. Now, why do people walk after their own lust? Well, no one has asked that, but I'd like to answer that. if That's okay. It's because. If their lifestyle contradicts the word of God this morning for you who are listening and for the world at large, if the pastor's preaching either, and the pastor is preaching the truth either, they've got to get on board with that or ignore it and reject it and go on their own way. There's not a lot of gray area here. You either receive him as personal savior and believe the Bible is true and live thusly or you reject it. And it says, Peter says, they're going after their own lusts. Perhaps they're living with someone or having an affair with someone or hooked on drugs or they're having a, uh, they, they've left their, uh, they love the bottle or love the pill or whatever it is, but they're, or they're hooked to porn. Whatever this is, I'm not giving this up for God. And that's where you've got, it's where we are in America, where we are in the world. Rather than set their conscience toward what the Word of God says, they're going to scoff at us, well... Well, we just don't believe your true, right, preacher. And I know people at your church are—you are, are, know—they they believe things like that. But you know, really, preacher, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Now, why are they saying that? Because they don't want to be accountable. They hate the believer because the believer believes in the sanctity of human life and that there's only two genders and that true marriage is between one man and one woman, not between two men or two women or whatever else you want to put there. We believe that, so they hate it because they don't want to be accountable to this God that we say is really true, one living God. Peter said in 2 Peter 2.19, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of a whom man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. You are worshiping something today. That's why we have these coffers. They want the legalization of drugs. Can you imagine? I could not imagine growing up they would legalize pot, which is probably now 20 times stronger than the pot they smoked back in Woodstock in 68, whatever it was. 20 times stronger. I read this morning, I saw the statistic that there were over 100,000 100, overdoses in 22. I said, is that really right? No, I was wrong. Over 109, over 109 verified overdoses from drugs in our own country in 2022. Majority, 70%, they said, was fentanyl involved in 70% of that. Oh 20,000, the norm. 109,000, 2022. The problem, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. So we find in their mocking is based on lustful desire. Secondly, and number under this point, is their mocking is based on willful ignorance. Willful ignorance, verse 4. And saying, Where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly, are they willing or ignorant of? They willingly are ignorant of. What they're saying is, well, you preach, this, you, you preach this for 2,000 years, days follows day, night follows night, month follows month, year follows year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we believe since the fathers fell asleep, that all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation, and they're going to continue on Adam infinitum, whatever you want to call it, how do you pronounce that, forever and ever and ever. There's a big word for this, uniformitarianism. They believe that, that no flood, no supernatural, Because everything as they are now has continued in the past. Were you there, as Ken Ham says? And we weren't there. We weren't. They argue that according to the laws of nature, life is simply one continuous unbroken experience. Who who gave us the laws of nature in the first place? Who's upholding all things by the word of his power? How do you reconcile in verse 10 that the earth is going to melt? Let me just ask you this, and I just hit with this this week as I was reading. God's upholding all things by the word of his power. So what would happen if he'd let go? Let go is chapter 3, verse 10 and 13. He's upholding everything, but if he just takes this foot off the gas for just i I'm sorry to say that way. That's disrespectful, I'm sorry. If he was just by his almightiness to sort of look back and not control everything as he is now, can you imagine what happened to... I have no doubt. Right now, the only reason you're even here and don't... Squish into a little a little bit of space is because he's keeping that separation in your cells. He's upholding you by the word of his power. He takes away his power and your cells collapse. And we're gone. The only reason you're alive to hear the gospel this morning is because God is gracious to you to give you life and to sustain your life and allow you to hear the gospel one more time. And if you're already saved, to be encouraged by that. They're willingly ignorant. Willingly ignorant. Now, some are uh, willingly forgetful. Now, I'll just say some people are ignorant just because, well, they're ignorant. And some people choose to be ignorant about things. I, there's a, I'm, we were working my I was helping Tom uh, uh, with the things he's going to be doing going forward. Woohoo! Uh, and I said, you know, said, now, are we allowed to change that little line item there? Uh, I said, well, you know, one time they said we could, one time they said we couldn't. So I'm choosing the, the time they said that we could. And so I'm, I'm going to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. But then know what? I found in an email, you are allowed to change funds within the line item within a program. <gasps> well, there we go. I'm just telling, it's going down from personnel to indirect, indirect to other, or other to travel, or travel to personnel. I'm not changing the amount of funds. I'm just putting it in a different line item, so we still have some money to spend in that line item. That's my job. That's what I do. We, uh, we, I, I, I'm not, I wasn't willingly, ign- well, I guess I was willingly ignorant. I'm t- I wanted to play the card of willingly ignorant, although perhaps I knew better. That's, that's a small thing. I wasn't doing anything illegal or an improper action, just to let you know that. But there are some who are willingly ignorant. They deliberately overlook what God has done. They, they choose to close their eyes because you just want to, it's just like when you come downstairs and uh, and, 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 downstairs and you've heard the cats raising ruckus down there and you just want to close your eyes because you know that these toys are all over the floor and when you pull in your, your very heavy, uh, yesterday, pull, I'm sorry, someone is pulling in yesterday your very heavy toolbox and you're rolling it to the one of the cat toys gets stuck under the wheel. And you're already worn out, and you've got to stop and back it up. And then the first time, it, and, you, and it didn't go out. you got to back it up and take it again. So my, my Sam, uh, so my wife comes down and opens the door. She, she's very meek when she it opens at night. And she lets me get it in there. And I go, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I was like, wow, because I like I liked them to play in toys, but not when it gets under the wheels and I've got all this do. So... Willingly ignorant, we we don't want to. We just go close our eyes and hopefully hope I can walk through here and not fall on a toy somewhere. Much more important is God's coming back. He's going to return. You know, there's I think it's two or two times or three times more prophecies of his second coming than there is of his first. If he came the first time, and there's two times more prophecies or three times, I'm telling you, he's coming back again. He will come back again. You can, you can, you can put that in the bank if they would have somehow take that on. Well, we don't. We, they might. Your banker might, if you know him pretty well. Put that, put, put it in your safe deposit box. Jesus is coming again. Put it in your safe deposit box and close the door and know that big door and lock it up there because he's coming back. It's good as gold. Verse five: By the word of the by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water, the water and in the water. God's intervention in creation of the world and intervention in the worldwide flood. Peter's not so far removed from creation as the evolutionists want us to believe. Millions of years, throw that out of your mind. Millions of years fits nowhere except for when we've been there 10 million years. Bright. Now, the future, eternity, yes. But, but as we stand right now, Millions of years fits nowhere in the universe. Nowhere. Zip-o. Zilch. Peter talks about, oh, the Bible's so clear. Nine times in Genesis 1 it says, and God said. He spoke. Matter of fact, the psalmist said, for he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. From the beginning of creation, Mark, I just read this morning, Mark 13, 19, creation that God created. Oh, Pastor, that's kind of, re- Pastor, that's kind of redundant. Oh, sometimes we need redundancy. It's the creation that God created. There is no question. If you will read the Bible, unless you're willingly ignorant. Oh, I've read these quotes where the Bible, reading Genesis chapter one, from from a literal standpoint, seems to say this. But in light of all the scientific discoveries that we have found, we just can't believe what God says in Genesis one. It's because you are willingly ignorant. My thinking now, I know these people have are brainiacs and they have all these degrees after their name. That means nothing when it comes to God's word. I'm telling you, if you're smart in God's word, if you're mature in God's word, you have a, a leg up on all those brainiacs who think they're so smart and don't really know as much as they think they do. Tim Keller, a very well-known... author. Now, this is, don't confuse Tim Keller with Philip Keller. Tim Keller lives in New York City. He's a very well-known author in the spirit Christian realm. He said theistic evolution is a viable option. I don't think so, not at all. But he said that, he, said that the, he argues that the chapters one and two of Genesis are contradictory and full of errors unless they are poetry. So not wanting to say that they're contradictory and the Bible has errors, Keller said the first two chapters of Genesis are poetry. Now, I sort of tied my own ignorance with this. I said, well... God's creative genius is poetry in motion. I'll give you that. God's creative genius is poetry in motion. But these are actual literal words. It's a polysyndeton in chapter 1. And, and, and. One continuous ongoing event happening in the six days of creation. Week. Neglect it. Ignore it. Disbelieve it at your own peril. If you get The basics wrong. If you get the start wrong, how are you going to get the end right? Do you see it all ties together? It all ties together. I never knew what it was going to be like to have cats in the house since we had that first cat come in the house in New Jersey. First cat in the house. I did not know that by the year 2024 I would have a doctorate in cat pan cleaning. (coughs) Cat pan cleaning. I have a doctorate in that. If hours spent in that, I have it. See, I did not think for a moment the time we brought that first little kitty cat into the house, how much of all the wonderful joy would happen, all the things that were going to be involved. Because I did not see it all the way through, didn't see it to the end. And people start down these roads and they don't see where that road leads to the end. Oh, it's just a minor thing. Oh. It's just a minor step. It's a small step. Oh, it's another small step. Oh, it's another... And before you know it, they are so far from the truth. It was just a small step. It was. And you start signing on with popular things, and they start preaching at pulpits, and they start these ungodly ideologies and then 20 years later when the people who are espousing the ungodly ideologies find out they really were ungodly ideologies and ungodly people who are just do a big ponzi scheme thing then where have you gone by you see you got to stick with what the bible says pastor let's see we got i'll just give you the outline we'll close her up uh, number three is peter alerts us about the power of jesus in the future and first, God's involvement alerts us to the, his future judgment. God is going to judge. He is. It says there in the text that the earth is reserved unto fire. Same word, treasured up, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Lay up, treasure up. This earth is treasured up one day for Fire. Now, we, the atomic bomb came on the scene about 70 years ago or so. Do you think the atomic bombs might go off? Yes, they might, but there's not going to be a cataclysmic world completely destroying an atomic bomb. We may live in a post-atomic bomb era, possibly, but I'm telling you, God's got designs how to destroy this world, and it involves Him doing it, not mankind. I'm not saying an atomic bomb will never go off. It may very well. hope not but he's upholding all things by the world of his power and there's going to come a time of judgment verse 10 but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat and the earth also and the works there are there and shall be burned up we say the big bang I'm telling you the big bang comes right here God let's okay just go on I'm going to let go of my power and holding you together wow Across the universe, and then we have a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now that's exciting, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night when they're just not ready. So God's past involvement alerts to His future judgment. Secondly, God's present patience alerts us to His unchanging love. Verse eight. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that a day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Pastor, there you go. We can put our millions of years in day one of creation. No, you can't. You can't. The metaphorical statement. It's not saying the days of creation week could be a thousand or ten thousand or ten minutes. It's not saying that at all. It's not. The psalmist said, For me a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. God sees things from a perspective that the scoffers do not. All for 2,000 years, Pastor Wright, you've been preaching the Lord's come back, and where is he? Peter's reminding us he's only been gone two days. Two days. He's been gone just, just two days. He's patient with you, patient with us. So, four applications. First of all, we're not to set dates of Christ's return you remember that date, remember that book, uh, 88 Reasons Why Christ Would Come in 1988? He became a millionaire. He also wrote a book called 89 Reasons Why He'll Come in 1989. Didn't sell so well. Can you imagine that? Secondly, we are to seek to be different. Not weird, but different. We're to be different. We're to be walking with the Lord. It says in verse 11, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? In all holy conversation and godliness, vertically with God, horizontally a man, we need to be right with Him. Thirdly, we need to seek to win others to Christ. Fifteen. An account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. We are seeking to, be, to show people the Christ and the lead point that we can't save somebody, but we can point them to the person who can. We can show them from God's Word how they can trust Christ. One day his long-suffering will be over, and finally, we're going to never stop growing. Verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And so be it. We agree. When you say amen, that's what you're saying. I agree with that. Amen. That's what you're saying. So do you know Christ is saying, are are you different? Are you part of the family of God? Are you part of active part of serving Him? You're never going to really get the full benefit and God's not going to get the full benefit of, of your gifts until you're actively serving Him. That's, what, that's the way He has designed it. And perhaps you've never trusted Christ as personal Savior. I'm telling you, you need to receive Him and give your heart and life to Him. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word thank you for sending your son to die on the cross that we might have life for God so loved the world. May the Bible never get old hat to us. May we always be looking and learning and growing and and telling others and not setting dates and and, and being different for the cause of Christ. In light of what your word instructs us to do, may we become mature believers. Lord, help us this morning. If there's a need, help folks to respond as you see my prayer.